Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Monday, May 23rd, in the year of our Lord, 2011. And it's ten dozen minutes of getting destroyed with Jake and Mr. Skullhead. I am Mr. Skullhead, and Jake is on the line. I almost got destroyed by some extra spicy soup. You had a you had a more dangerous encounter. <laughs> I laugh at your spice. I wish that we had had some spicy soup. Actually, I can't uh, I can't lay claim to uh, any of the uh, suffering or tales of bravado from my home state. So, uh, a tornado cut a, a diagonal line through the area in which I live. It, it did about from southwest to northeast. A good five miles of just devastation, knocking over trees, ripping up houses. We were about two city blocks away from the path of the thing. So we didn't, we have nothing. But if we drive a couple of blocks over, they're, you know, hundred year old trees upside down. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Mm. So that was my weekend. We were actually away. <clears throat> when the thing hit and somebody called and said, hey, is your house still standing? And I said, yeah, I have no idea. That Were you away me. down south in Dixie? I was away... Away... No, that was the way I was going to use. So, no, I have no idea. Uh, wow, I didn't know there were tornadoes in your neck of the woods. There aren't supposed to be. Every, uh, but uh, some of the long-term people are saying that every 20 years or so, you get one that just cuts a swath through the metro area. Goes after those trailer parks, wherever they hide. Yeah, it does tend to... Tornadoes hate poor people. Like, north side Minneapolis is the poorest of the neighborhoods. Of the four cardinal neighborhoods. Do, they, do tornadoes hate poor people, or do rich people live in sturdier houses? I think, you know, the, but the thing went through the poor part of town. So, and there's no rich, there's no rich people over there. Well, there's comfortable people, I suppose. Somebody's got to live uh, in bigger houses. Maybe it was the anti-internet that sent the tornado through, because the internet would have sent a tornado that hates the rich. Huh, it's true. The, have the you been Facebook paying attention tornado? to all of this horse shit about uh, like people arguing about whether or not Jonathan Colton uh, deserves his fame and success? No. Yeah, I don't know exactly what, uh, like, I don't know. Uh, Armac, Armac posted some links. There, they, he was on, like, this Project Money podcast or something, or they talked about him as some NPR thing, and uh, a lot of people got upset at an unflattering uh, description of him as being, like, a Snuggie. Like, like they described what... They described him as, like, sort of winning the Internet lottery and his success as a fluke, huh. you know? Uh, which I think I think rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, yeah. I would disagree that that's the case. Sure, I mean that's that's the thing. Like somebody somebody was like, you know, it's if you if you think about the act that launched his career, sort of, which was to write, record, and release a song every week for a year, it starts to look a lot less like luck and more like somebody busting his ass. Somebody who's in, who's talented enough to do that, and has the wherewithal, the stick to itiveness to pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder now, though, uh, now that it's been released that he's probably in the 99th percentile of income in the U.S. Does that mean that everybody on the internet hates him in addition to loving him? That just means that uh, they'll all start bit torrenting his music, whereas before they were all buying his CDs. 
Mm-hmm. Ah, boy. I think that's inspiring. I don't know why haters gotta hate like that. You know, if it's a lottery that he won to be successful, it's a lottery where the ticket price is really, really high. They're like, like we said, having that talent and having the the drive to bring it to fruition. Yeah, you know, I mean, I remember him telling stories about trying to convince his wife that it was a good idea for him to quit his job and focus on his music. Like, he didn't start out being a super rich guy. He, I think he came by his fame honestly. Yep. By having a lot of people that like his shit. I don't know. Do you think that somebody who did start out as a super rich guy wouldn't have come by their fame honestly? I mean, I don't know. Like, Well, somebody who could say, go into a recording studio and work with some name producers and have, a, like, billboards and a media blitz around the release of their album has, has earned it maybe a little bit less, sure. Well, but I feel like, <clears throat> unless there are exceptions to that that I'm just not aware of, like, the, you see a lot of that, right? Like, you see, like, a, you know, you see a, a Lindsay Lohan CD or whatever. But I think the thing that stops that from just being a, a single flash in a very shallow pan is whether they actually have talent or not. Sure. Right? I mean, you, eventually everybody's got to run the same gauntlet, which is like, does this product suck? Right. Uh, you know, and I mean, it, like, sucking is, is is subjective, right? Like, there there are certainly a lot of movies that suck that make a ton of money. But whether your project your product has mass appeal, and sure. I, I think well, it a is good of, or has yeah. mass appeal, right? Like, either one works. I think there is of, a group of people for whom they get no satisfaction out of liking something that a lot of other people like. like. That's just, that's kind of a type, right? So hearing that Jonathan Colton has become more popular than just an internet phenomenon is going to piss people off that like him and they're going to stop liking him if they're dumb. Right. And then they'll, they'll get to the I never liked him stage. And It is hard for <clears throat> me to believe, like it seems to me like his audience is smart enough to see through that. <clears throat> like to to you know his audience is largely going to be the kind of audience that derides that sort of you know what has come to be known as like a hipster trait right but maybe not you know i mean maybe nerds are just as just as much jocks as jocks are douches i think that when people on the internet decide to hate something they hate it with gusto i guess like there's a site called xkcdsocks.com, which is just mm -hmm. devoted to, like, a couple of paragraph-long screed on why each strip sucks. And they do it every every day that he posts. And they're like, this is why this isn't funny, you dummies. He's just making you know, a Star Trek reference so you feel good about having watched Star Trek. And that's not even comedy. And, he, you know, this isn't here, even here a thing a, you should be laughing question. at. The guy who writes xkcdsocks.com would that guy would the world be better served by that guy if he did nothing yeah like he's putting a lot of effort into a thing that some people read and enjoy and maybe you disagree with them and maybe you disagree with the premise entirely and maybe you think that but it it's hard for me to say that that endeavor is valueless because it is it is sort of hard for me to honestly acknowledge that any endeavor is valueless Right. Mm -hmm. Without having to sort of admit that all endeavors are valueless. 
which is a, which is a weird thing. And I mean, I just, I don't know. You know, like I think that guy's a prick. I think he's misguided. But I think that there are probably also a lot of other people that I think are misguided that are producing stuff that somebody likes. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for me to say what I feel about that site without doing what he's doing. I mean, you know, in, yeah. in a way, it, like he is a very narrowly focused, less funny triumph the comedy insult dog, right? I mean, Triumph exists just to make, you know, to take the piss out of other people's creative work. And it's funny. And he makes fun of people that we can sit around and, and you know, oh, well, they, they certainly deserved it, those Bon Jovi pricks. I think there's there's not that... I think there's an understanding with Triumph that it's just a gag because, you know, it's a rubber puppet. But it, it seems like this guy has, like, a genuine beef with XKCD and it bothers me because if you take anything and break it down into its fundamental components it's gonna sound unoriginal and you know like those things that pointed out how Star Wars is totally the same plot as Harry Potter and Harry Potter just ripped off Star Wars and people do that and think that they've told you something right and with the XKCD stuff it's like yeah well this is just you know He's just trying to foster you your sense of belonging to a specific community, so you'll think that's funny, even though it wasn't really a joke. Like, no, and, fuck cer- you. and certainly, and certainly, he is he is not really adding anything. But I guess my I guess my question is: Is he subtracting anything? Like, would the world be a better place if he did nothing instead of doing the the writing that he does? I mean, maybe maybe he uses that as the the forge in which he becomes a better writer and goes on to make something good right uh, that that isn't just mean-spirited and and whatever i mean i like i i don't know you know it's it, it's like i honestly think he would be better off folding paper cranes like, maybe yeah. he would be better off but i, I yeah I, I don't think that the world would be a poorer place for that site non-existing i don't think that there is any value in taking Taking something that you have, that you don't like, that a lot of people like, and ripping the shit out of it for no reason. Even even if there is a contingent of people, no matter how small or misguided, or no, ma- no matter how much we would never want to hang out with those people, that derive joy from what he does. Yeah. But, yeah. Let them eat cake. Yeah, the funny thing is, though, I visit a blog called Reasons with Vampires, which... Like, literally, the guy cut a Twilight book down to, like, he with scissors, he cut out each individual sentence and has been going through and, like, breaking down plot points and pointing out, like, repetition of phrases and unoriginal dialogue and confused prose. And it, it's a huge project, just a couple of years' worth of archive, just deconstructing the Twilight series, and that I enjoy reading, so... You know, hard to say. But there is a cleverness to what that guy is doing, and it, like it's some academic value to it that I really don't see with XKCD Sucks. It's just like, no matter what Randall posts, it's not going to well, please that guy. So fuck that guy, right? I mean, I know, I know that it probably... Uh, I mean, probably, though, no matter what Stephanie Meyer writes, it's not going to please that other guy either, right? Because he's, he's, now, he's now in the trenches of his own shtick, right? Like... I, I, I don't know. You know, I just have a hard time, like, 
I have a hard time dismissing any creative effort. Right, and, even, I, and I think, even I think it, is easy to dis, it is easy to dismiss something that you disagree with. It but is definitely easier to that... dismiss something that you disagree with than something that you agree with, right? And I, I think, am... I Like, when I actually think about it, I almost feel like, well, I, you know, the logical extension of my own values is to say that I have to let this guy do this and not, and not believe... I don't have to read it, I don't have to enjoy it, I don't have to tell anybody about it, and I don't have to say, oh, that's great, but I can't help but think that, like, well, you know, at least he's working on something. At least he's, like, got something that he cares enough about to put in the hours. And, you know, because I think by by your own admission, if that site made fun of XKCD and was also had academic value in its own right, or was clever, or whatever, then it would be worth having right a la the twilight thing yeah if it was a like an xkcd riff tracks sure like riff tracks is another thing that exists just to make fun of other people's creative work but in a way that it creates its own creative work and it, you know that's a line that i can't draw for me the xkcd sucks doesn't pass that test there's not yeah, sure. there's not enough going on there to say that this is a creative work in its own right this is just somebody with no talent of his own who doesn't find something funny and doesn't understand that that doesn't matter. Sure. It really yeah, reads I mean, like just, he's trying to convince people that they don't like it. I do think that and that is, that is a, that's all a matter there. of a taste and not, like, objective. Like, to some people, that seems like a really clever thing that is, you know, I, yeah, I, who knows, man. I, it's, like, it's, like, hard for me. I, I think I can say, like, even though I fucking hate the Red Hot Chili Peppers... Right, mm -hmm. I can't say that the world would be better if the Red Hot Chili Peppers weren't in it, <laughs> because I I can't, like I just can't believe that. Like my, the the set of beliefs that I operate by will not allow me to actually believe that. No matter how much I'm gonna talk shit about how every one of their songs sounds the same and fuck that, whatever. Put put on some pants, you dicks. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I guess, sure. I I don't have a lot of respect for people who enjoy that kind of thing, I guess. And it's not my thing. But I'm struggling to come up with a way in which I can continue to rag on Twilight and point out ridiculous shit about it and not be the same. Or, or to come up with... I mean... it. I obviously... You know, spend a lot of time thinking like, "Huh, am I like wasting my life making bullshit that nobody cares about and that doesn't add anything to human culture?" Uh -huh. And then I think, "Well, no. I mean, you know, there's still people reading it, so I will keep doing it." You know, like this is this. I I think I can conclude that I am adding some value to the world. And what I what I can't come up with is a difference in fundamental quality between this, even though they are at way, way distant points from one another on whatever scale you measure them on, like it is a it is just a question of degree and not a question of 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 whatever. And quality is subjective and I'm sure that as much as I would like to not think so, part of the reason that I think that guy's work is no good and I like reasoning with vampires is I like XKCD, and I don't understand why anybody would, like, hate it. And I kind of hate Twilight. Yeah. Do you... I mean, you do understand, I think, why somebody would like Twilight, though. Like, yeah. I, well, I understand why somebody who is, like... 
between 12 and 16 years old and a girl would like sure oh, oh man it, who's who's a misogynist now buddy well it's written for kidding, 12 to 16 year old girls right and it it actually bothers me on a on a deep and powerful level when i hear like some of the women that i went to high school with who are grown-ass women with a couple of kids who are just like, oh my god, Twilight was such a romantic love story. I'm like, no the fuck it wasn't. You are a grown-ass woman. Do not be reading that bullshit. Eh, you know, th there are there are 40-year-olds who are operating at a lower level than the finest of the 16-year-olds that we knew, right? That's true. You know, and it's the things that I, that, like, I, I feel like... But they're people that used to be cool. <laughs> sure. I don't have a problem with a dumb story. I don't have a problem with somebody enjoying a dumb story. The things that genuinely bother me about that book is that it is, based on everything that I have seen, it is an affront to the craft of writing. Well, Just it, yeah. on a sentence-to-sentence, word-to-word level, it, it just, you know. It's a triumph of bad writing that appears universal because it's vague is the the basic appeal is she's written a character that is so much of a blank slate that any woman can kind of put herself in the shoes of this character but at the same time it's kind of disturbingly misogynistic for something that's written by a woman so you should enjoy it maybe i would maybe i'll give it a shot i uh whenever i hear somebody talking about stephanie meyer being good it makes me it like triggers the same sort of rage duct inside my brain that somebody saying that Stephen King is a bad writer. I guess it's it's hard to get Freaks. across that like she told a story that you enjoy, but there is such a thing as a well written sentence and a well written paragraph, and you won't find any of them in her work. And the fact that that just that people can't tell is what disturbs me. That it just doesn't matter how technically good your writing is as long as you've got, you know, 16-year-olds getting fucked by undead pedophiles. Do they, uh, do they actually fuck in that book? After he turns her into a vampire, they fuck, yeah. Oh. See, I didn't I, know she got turned into a vampire. Spoilers! Yeah, I, I never want to be the guy who's ragging on something he knows nothing about. So, like, after I read the uh, couple of paragraphs and failed the laugh test on every book... <laughs> I went through and read the synopses of all the plots so I can go. Mm. And did you know that she has a vampire baby who gets the like 18-year-old werewolf kid falls in love with the baby and What? Yeah. Wait, because it's a baby? No, because he he imprints on the baby. No, I'm not saying was, because it's a bit wait, no. Cause I don't so know what I don't know what I was thinking with about. With the mom. Uh, he falls he, in love with it because it's a baby. Yeah. He was so in love just, with her mom, seriously, that he imprints on the baby and is just going to wait until the baby is old enough so they can fuck. How old does a baby have to be before a werewolf can fuck it? I mean, this is, is a werewolf who That who, is an that is the most important question I can think of. Normal operating procedure for a werewolf is murdering people. So, right. like, but what, not fucking people. So you know, well, sure. What I mean, what? But what? What is one step over the line for a, a creature whose purpose is murder? Right? <laughs> Would it be? It's okay to murder a baby, but not to fuck it. Is presumably the conceit of this, right? Exactly. They were not. They were not murdered to sleep by dick wolves. Yeah. What are you gonna do? 
When in what doubt, do you gotta do? I just throw back to that controversy because yeah. <sighs> Never want to let that conversation die. People, people really. There were a handful of people who really wanted to, uh, really wanted to turn the stupid Hank joke into a thing like that, and uh, it just didn't have any traction. <laughs> and well, I was willing to play along, but uh, I'm glad that everybody saw right through it. I, yeah, I don't know. That guy, I got, a, I got a threatening letter from somebody who was well-connected and was, boy, was he going to stir up a shitstorm in the feminist community. Oh, that's right. And his wife was a prominent blogger that I'd never heard of. And he was going to make some all, people had, all Some people of... that had heard of her, I guess. Sure. But, I, you know, it's just like, I hate to be that guy, right? So, so there's that guy that posts a comment on, you know, let's say the Improv Everywhere people, they do a thing where everybody dresses like Darth Vader on the subway or whatever, right? Yeah. And then somebody posts a comment that was like, you know, you're so good at organizing people. Why are you wasting your time getting people to dress like Darth Vader on the subway instead of, like, say, getting them to go uh, volunteer at a soup kitchen? <laughs> and, you know, the response to that guy is, fuck you. That's right. why. Like, Dressing up like Darth Vader is fun. And, like, saying that you're not allowed to do something fun because you could be doing something fucking boring that helps hobos or whatever. <laughs> like, that's a bad way to live your life, right? The, way, the reason that you can get people to dress up like Darth Vader on the subway is because that's awesome. The reason you can't get people to volunteer for the homeless is because volunteering for the homeless fucking sucks. Well, the other thing you is know? that that argument never ends. The other response to that guy is, you clearly have an internet connection. Why are you reading my dumbass website? Instead of, like, educating yourself about the plight of African children in Kenya. I mean, he could be. Fucker. That's what he said. But he said, but I am. I am, right now, acting to make the world a better place by trying to convince people to give hand jobs to Kenyan children. Or whatever right. it is that... I don't know what it is that the kids in Kenya need that they don't have. I'm assuming that it is, like... Like, most of the times in my life when I felt that I was missing something, it was hand jobs. <laughs> So right. I can only assume that, like, anytime, anywhere in the world, somebody has a problem, that problem tends to be not enough hand jobs. Yeah, that was tragic after the tsunamis in Japan when there weren't enough hand jobs to go around. Yeah, it's weird. It struck just the trailer park massage parlors. I actually have a, a friend of ours is sitting in the studio with us this evening because his house is without hand jobs after the tornado went through. Really? Like, no roof? Well, no, just no power. So she... His wife can't you need to... find his dick in the dark. Yeah. In the dark. In the dark. <laughs> I'm going to get the shit kicked out of me. Um, cool. But it's dark. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> it was just power. The tornado came and only took away the power. No. Yeah, well, it crashed some trees into his house and it, it broke some gas lines. And was the tornado drunk? Awesome. Yeah, it crashed into a mailbox. And drunk, drunk driving rain. <laughs> Man, there were some people here. There was a, I don't actually know how this story ended, so I don't know. How, so the sad part for me was that the street outside my house was closed for like an entire day. Uh, but there were some people uh, who got into a little fender bender and pulled over to the side of the road and were like exchanging information. And some guy that was on drugs just barreled into both of them and like maybe killed them. Like, they were, they were hospitalized with life-threatening wounds as a result of that. And then I remembered that that's how the guy who uh, invented the Game Boy died. He was, like, driving and got into a little crash and got out of the car, and then he and the guy, the other guy that was involved in the accident with him both got run over by a car and killed. Like, 
while they so were the, doing that. The lesson is if you get in a little fender bender with someone, you just keep the fuck driving. Just speed away. <laughs> That's what happened to me last time. I fucked around and hit a guy. Huh. I, uh, this was awesome. This was, the, this was like the, just the perfect story of the amount of attention that I pay while I'm doing anything in my day-to-day life. I'm like, because of this detour that we made on the way back from somewhere, we ended up having to go like say 25 miles on the surface streets in Phoenix. Oy. That was genuinely the quickest way, apparently, according to the GPS, to get from where we were to my house. Uh, and so for, you know, an hour, it's just like, all right, drive, 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 stoplight. Light turns green, cars go, drive, 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 stoplight, mm-hmm. light turns green. And at one time, I stop at a stoplight, there's a car in front of me and cars on either side of me in the other lanes. I, uh, I have a light turns green, everybody goes, including me, uh, but not the guy in front of me. So just from a dead stop, just ram this guy. Because <laughs> you can't see the light turn green. And he just drove off. Like, I was like, you know, uh, waiting to see where he's, you know, if he's motioning to where we're going to pull over, seeing if he's going to pull over somewhere, and I don't know. Maybe he was uh, so drunk that he didn't notice that I got hit. Maybe he was sans insurance, as they say in French. As they say in Mexico, I was just about to. Yeah, in Spanish they say, acaba de comprar seguros, which means I was just about to buy insurance when I happened to hit you. What a bizarre coincidence. I mean, I thought you were going to make the joke, which was like, uh, Spanish for I don't have insurance is, I am in a car. Aww. <laughs> Estoy en coche. <laughs> I have no insurance. Um, Boy, I'm... I mean, you, you ran afoul of that uh, that particular thing that you wish wasn't true, but kind of is. Yeah, Yeah. It just just recently and uh, far, almost five years ago. When I remember Roy, Roy told me a story the other day about this guy. <laughs> This guy that I yelled at for not having car insurance because it was it was just like this guy that lived across this across the in the apartment across from ours and it was like yeah I, I got in trouble for driving without insurance and I was just like what the fuck is the matter with you like why like like it had just never occurred to me that that is something that anybody would be willing to do <laughs> you know well. and, you know and it's like I don't know I I guess it's one of those things where like people will talk about it it. You know, you, you and I know this. Arguments about financial stuff get touchy, right? Sure. But, like, it, if you can't afford insurance, you can't afford to drive, right? And I think that's pretty fair. Well, I know that now. I would say between the ages of 16 and 22, let's say 18 and 22, I had insurance for maybe two years. Wow, really? Yeah. It just never occurred to me, like... <clears throat> I don't think I could get my head around the notion that I was going to cause an accident and that I was going to fuck somebody else over. So I just thought, well, you know, money's a little tight, and if I don't buy insurance or register my car, I can buy more tequila, or I can buy... Oh, so now you're blaming it on that. You're blaming it on the sauce. No, No, it wasn't me. It was my disease. It was this horrible alcoholism. My syphilis. That made me thirsty, and all I could drink was tequila because the tap water in L.A. sucked. But yeah, I, I did the whole thing where I had, like, I racked up $400 in parking tickets, just parking in random places around L.A. because I didn't give a fuck, and didn't have my car insured or registered, and in order to pay the parking tickets, I had to register and insure the car. Oh, man. So then I did that, and I moved That was to... like a crazy debt spiral that haunted yeah. you for a while, too, right? Yeah, well, like... then I moved to Phoenix, like, a couple of months later, 
let the insurance lapse and didn't register the car in Arizona until I got pulled over and got a ticket for not having insurance. And, and by that point, I was ready to start paying for my insurance. And that point was the point at which I stopped getting in trouble and other people just started ramming my car for no fucking reason. One might one might say that was karma coming back to bite you in the ass. Perhaps. One might. I mean, when I was without insurance, I got hit by a guy who just drove off, left a basketball-sized dent in my car, and just drove away. I am, um, you know, I've, I've had nothing but bad experiences with my car insurance, but I, you know, I think part of the reason that I felt like I could never get away with this is because I don't think that I've ever gone six months without getting a speeding ticket. Right. And so it, it's like... All right, well, the way I drive, I better not be breaking any other laws. Well, and the way you drive is also drunk, so... <laughs> well, sure, but I don't speed when I'm drunk. That's the thing. I'm I'm never uh, going to get pulled over when I'm drunk. Yeah, and you're because... a way better driver when you're drunk, so the, right, the odds no, that I'm you're going to do something... Driver. I know, yeah. I know you don't buy this argument. I know you don't buy this argument. I'm but, just uh... making statements. Uh-huh. <laughs> I... It is, it, it is kind of ridiculous the way that I drive at night when I have not been drinking. Because <laughs> normally my default state driving at night is like, oh, well, I've, you know, I've had a little bit to drink, so I probably don't want to get pulled over. That's my dog-in-law. Is that a canine unit? That's, that's my dog-in-law, sorry. Uh, you know, I don't want to get, I, I, I don't want to get pulled over because I've been drinking. And so if I, if I find myself driving at night and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm sober. That nothing can hurt me. So I just just run stoplights, run red lights, drive 900 miles an hour. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so it's so liberating. Only that's, when you have lost the fear of getting a DUI can you truly have everything. That's true. <laughs> I uh yeah. I don't know, man. I pushed it. I will admit, coming back from a wedding last uh, Saturday night, I had been drinking steadily for a good five hours. Just, like, not actually drunk, but had been drinking a beer or a glass of wine, you know, refilling it when necessary for four or five hours. Sure. And then drove 45 minutes home. And I felt fine all the way home, and as soon as I got, like, to the bathroom, just like, oh, holy shit, am I drunk. I mean, part of part of why I developed the habits that there I like did that is because, window. you know, there was a, there was a period of time there where my dad and I would go out drinking and then we would go back to his office and use the breathalyzer. Right. So like, I got a sense of like, well, all right, this is how I feel at this level or whatever. And huh, turns out I can be what I consider kind of drunk and be <laughs> totally fine to drive. Nice. And then a couple times in Phoenix, like after I, you know, just sort of like got into my normal habits that I do, which is that it's, you know, I don't want to come across like I'm a guy like, oh, every every day I go out and I drink a 12-pack and then I just cruise around the neighborhood looking for little kids to run over. It's like, no, I'm just going to go to a bar, drink as much as I drink, and then drive home, and I'm going to do that like, you know, three, four times a week for the rest of my life, as far as I know, right? And a couple of times in those situations, I've gotten pulled over just randomly at a checkpoint or whatever and done a roadside sobriety test, and they let me go. So, I, like... I feel like I'm probably both under the legal limit and fine to pass whatever normal tests that they do. And so I'm like, eh, you know, I am hmm. I am nothing if not pragmatic. Sure. I'm not endangering a goddamn body. <laughs> the, the danger is always that, like, somebody, it, it, well, at least in my mind, because I cannot possibly be at fault in any case about anything, the danger is, like, somebody hitting me. Sure. Right? Or somebody pulling out in front of me or somebody running out in front of me or whatever. And then it's like, huh, well... There was nothing I could do about that, but because I was drunk, I'm just fucked. 
Like what? Oh, what now I'm, I'm the asshole because I'm That's drunk? It. Yeah, yeah. Somehow this is my fault because I'm a drunk driver. <laughs> it's like my kid almost died if he hadn't been in his car seat. Yep. Yeah. Do you want to answer some questions about our game? We could do that if Let's you want. That. I would like ah. to point out that uh, Martin H. Olson, or possibly Martin Holson, is sending texts about Kingdom of Loathing to Adam Lambert, the uh, pop star who won American Idol a couple of years ago, and that's very cool. Thank you, Martin. Sending texts? Or sending twats, sorry. Oh, okay. What, what is, uh, why, will, why will that do a thing? Is no, he it's, a, a, it's a guy whose music I enjoy, so it would be cool oh, if okay. he had heard of us. So, Huh. I was under the impression that the people who won American Idol were no good. Is that not true? He didn't, he, he didn't, he didn't win. win. That's, <laughs> That's the thing. He came in second. He is. It's music that you probably wouldn't enjoy. Sure. I mean, I, I enjoy almost no music. Because you're straight. It's kind, oh, of like, kind of like Lady Gaga as a dude, pretty much. I like Lady Gaga. Would you like her if she were a dude? And how do you know she's not? Probably not. And yeah, I've heard rumors. Mm -hmm. I've heard that she actually uh, has the bottom half of. Uh, I was gonna say Jamie Kennedy, but what I meant was Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Jamie Lee Kennedy. Yeah, uh, she has the bottom half of Kennedy, the VJ, who I'm also not at all certain is a woman. Right. She actually, I heard she has the bottom half of a goat. Mm. The only way that she can wear the weird shoes that she wears is because she has cloven hooves instead of feet. Nobody's right. ever seen a picture of her feet. And one of those, uh, one of those uh, backwards knees below your regular knee. Yeah. I kind of want those. It'd be real easy to hop up a hop up a, a, a hill and stuff if you had those. There's a, there's a a couple that comes to our Renaissance Festival dressed as satyrs because they're I think confused about what a Renaissance Festival means. But like they have these big furry pants that somehow it's set up to give the illusion that they have the legs made like goat legs and they wear the freaky shoes that look like hooves and have like fucking horseshoes on them you know i get that the people throwing the renaissance festival don't think of it as being like a you know lord of the rings festival or whatever you know yeah, like a, i think like, like generic a nerd fantasy festival. is where it but lands I, yeah i think that most of the people attending probably would not think what there's a that's a that dragon that is out of place. This is a serious examination of some, that, uh, you know, a totally made up history. That that wardrobe is positively Elizabethan. You sack of crap. I did like the story of the dude who went to the Ren Fair in the Star Trek outfit, and just kept trying to turn off the holodeck. Mm -hmm. I think that's funny. I, you Once. know, yeah, that's. What I would like more is a guy who told that story and then didn't actually do it. You uh -huh. know, like having that idea is funny. Actually doing it is kind of like, ah, come on, man. There's a guy who comes to ours dressed as Jesus. Oh, and yeah? every, everybody who works there hates him because apparently he's also a dick. But He's he, not just a guy who who also looks like Jesus. No, so they say. He's dressed as a Jesus impersonator. Right. And, ha and the bottom half is a stormtrooper. Boy, you know what uh, question we could answer uh, first is, is the air conditioner in your house working, uh, Jake? And the answer is no. No, it is not. Oh, Jesus. Um, you know, it's not It's not actually so bad. It Like, this is the worst time of day for whatever reason, because it's like, fine, it, it stays cool at night, 
and then it's just like the the indoor temperature just lags behind the outdoor temperature in terms of it's like peaking about four hours late huh. uh so yeah i don't know we my my fella my air conditioner fella he's on the case um luckily i'm about to leave to be at phoenix comic-con for like four days so no Wait, uh are you staying at a hotel for phoenix comic-con yeah, uh, me and uh, me and Pezboy got rooms down there because it's just going to be a nightmare getting in and out of it, and we want to be able to like go out drinking late and stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So we're staying we're staying in the hotel in the block where all the other attendees are. So we'll we'll also go to some crazy fatty nerd parties. Word. Um, Wait, do not, I ever... not for the whole thing. Like the the first couple days. I'm uh, I'm just coming home because there's not a whole lot going on there on the and I you know I might wish that I hadn't done that because I might get there and it's like wow this is lame. <laughs> uh, my my feeling though is that th this is still going to be small enough that I can actually go to panels and stuff. Huh. I'm kind of curious what's going to happen right because San Diego Comic Con, it, one way or another, it kind of needs to die. Yeah. Like it either needs to it collapse and a whole bunch of you know, new smaller comic cons need to sprout from its corpse it, because they're talking about leaving San Diego and they've been talking about that for a while because the convention center's not big enough right. and like the only place that can support them is <clears throat> Las Vegas and I don't want to keep going to it if it's in Las Vegas. Yeah. Right? It That, even though it's like the same distance or whatever, like the idea of trying to like find a place for us to stay in Las Vegas and being in Las Vegas for the amount of time that that takes and it's dealing with, you know. It's way less pleasant of a city. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I like Las Vegas. You know, I don't mind going there, but I I usually enjoy Las Vegas for about 36 hours. There are and, a whole lot, I'll bet there are a whole lot of empty houses for rent, though. That's probably true. I just wonder if there would be any that are anywhere near a convention that center. Walking. Yeah, that whole, it's definitely not a walking city. That's the thing. Yeah, which San Diego totally is, and that's why it's, like, really nice to be there. And also the weather in Vegas is, it's like, it's not like, you know, because we can go to San Diego, and it's like, hey, you know, it's nice to get out of Phoenix for July, but, like, no, not Vegas, man. No, it's, like, even worse. out of Phoenix. Yeah. You gotta say hello to, uh, looks like Leonard Nimoy is gonna be there. Will, okay. Will Wheaton. George uh, Takei. I might say hello to Will Wheaton, because I've actually, like, been introduced to him, but I'm not saying hello to... Leonard Nimoy. Hi, Leonard Nimoy. I'm a guy that you've never met. Well, that, that's what's going to happen to him all day. So you might as well say, "Hey, I'm Xander well from Buffy." Yeah, hey, Xander from Buffy. I enjoyed your work when you were Xander on Buffy. What you been up to since? Not much. Well, okay. I Have even know that life. his name is Nicholas uh, Brendan. Or you know, they they'll probably send his uh, his his. I was going to say his illegal twin. His Ill illegitimate twin. Yeah, his <laughs> illegitimate twin brother. Like, somehow his twin brother is a bastard. Schwarzenegger's love child. He was born first, and then they got married real quick before Nicholas Brendan was born. Oh. oh see, I was thinking more like somebody else, you know, the, the sloppy seconds resulted in a second miracle. Ah, uh, gotcha. I don't think people work like cats, Jake. You don't think so? Stop shitting in that sandbox. But I don't want to. Oh, well, then carry on, my wayward son. It's good for the environment. <laughs> Think of all the water I saved from not flushing a toilet. So you ever. just have a throw, a throw toilet? What else are you going to do with that giant cat box? Uh, King Stupid wrote, So I went to heaven. Did you? Waits for your mom joke. What? 
Yeah, I think we're done with the rapture jokes, y'all. Are we? I was done with them before I even started. There were parties. There were rapture parties, and I didn't go to any of them. Well, I kept applying logic where it wasn't wanted. I said, look, if this guy is right, he's... There are probably a thousand people who are the perfect specific sect to go into heaven if this dude's right about his date. So it's really, we're probably not even going to notice if the people are gone. So I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I also pointed out then, that it was highly unlikely. But then the tornadoes came. Yeah, when the, when the tornadoes came from my neighbors, I did not speak up. Well, you put that red X in tornado blood on your door. Yeah, so we got passed over. Uh, King Stupid says, so after the June Familiar, what's up next? Jake takes a break. Downtime at all for server swap slash replacement? Uh, well, right after the June Familiar, um, actually right before the June Familiar and right after the June Familiar, uh, I'm gonna spend maybe a week shifting focus to the other game because the programmer's gonna be out here and so we're gonna try to do one last big push. Like you do when you have a baby. Yeah. Um, Is somebody gonna give you a, like a creative episiotomy? I hope so. Like, I'd like a like an epidural. Like cut the hole in your brain a little bit bigger to let yeah. the baby get out. Man, that that is a crime. It heals. It's fine. Mm. If you're if you your dick's stuff. big enough, it's fine. Oh, okay. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. It's a problem. Right. Uh, and he says, downtime, uh, downtime for server swap slash replacement. So, uh, I don't know what the, I don't know what it's going to be like, actually. Uh, the moving stuff to the new database servers is going to be a gradual process and not a all-at-once process. I don't know what kind of downtime it's going to require because I don't actually know what, I don't know what our methodology is going to be for moving, like, a table from one database to the other one, right? Some stuff, it's like, all right, well, nobody edit any items. We're just going to make a copy of the items table on the new database server and then remove it from the old one, point everything at the new one in the opposite order of what I just said. Um, and some of that stuff shouldn't, shouldn't require any downtime at all, right? Because it can just transition really gracefully like that. But tables that are getting hit a lot, tables that are in the big clusters of tables that are going to get uh, a lot of uh, queries joining them against one another, those all have to be moved at the same time and not knowing what the process is like, I don't know what kind of downtime to expect. I think that it will be a number of nights where rollover is like 15 minutes or a half an hour longer than usual and not like a day where the game is down because I always shy away from planning stuff like that. Sure. Because that's the thing, if you're planning on a 15 minute downtime and it ends up lasting 10 times as long as it's supposed to, then you're still okay, whereas if you're planning on a day downtime and it ends up taking 10 times as long as it's supposed to, you're like, fucked. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, they, they've been paid for? They. I also don't know, like, I'm guessing that what's going to happen is they're going to arrive at the office like three days before we leave for San Diego, so hmm. I don't know. I don't know what to do there. It'd be nice if I could go get them in the rack. I got permission from the server people to like mount them outside of the space that we're actually renting, uh, so that they're so that we don't have to be in any hurry uh, to get them uh, to get them moved over. I'm hoping that that mid transition is where we'll really start to see the the sort of savings and the extra capacity because like everything that gets moved from one of these database servers to the new one is going to mean the load is more distributed. 
Like when I go to your mom's house. How, how evenly do you distribute your load, would you say? Pretty evenly. Some on some on each tit. Ah, good. You gotta make sure and not uh, not favor one over the other. Uh, well, one of them's way bigger. Yeah, it's weird. So do you... That was my, my all-time favorite quote from Carnival. One of my titties is way bigger than the other one. You want to see? Yeah. That was that. The, there was a there was a sequence of about three episodes where it was like, titties, titties, god damn it, titties, titties. That was all it was. It was like the it was like the brief dead period of Carnival. What is anything that can make noise in my house is making noise right now. Hello. Go out the room, woman, to answer the phone. Hi, hold on a second. I don't know what to do with these people. <laughs> Meaty Donut says. I really enjoy game mechanics such as the Tea Party buff, Hat Rack, and Crown of Thrones, Thrones because they throw up some really interesting strategies by making players look twice at items they would not normally use. The Beast Hate You Path has also done this in a different and awesome fashion by adding restrictions as opposed to new bonuses. Will you be looking to add similar mechanics in the near future? You know, I really do like the thing that fell out of Bees Hate You. Like, it was not supposed to have the restrictions on it in the first place we just we implemented it the way that it was supposed to be which was just the wandering monsters and the equipment stinging you but i was like you know it would actually be cooler if you couldn't use a bunch of your stuff because of this and it ended up turning into that and i really like i really like the limiting the sort of set of tools that you have available because i feel like if i was playing the game at this point i would welcome the chance to play a simpler game uh -oh. um, so yeah, I mean that's that's definitely like one of the things that I think has been most interesting and and sort of uh, successful so far. It seems, despite the fact that it is mostly a thing that is designed to aggravate people, to be a thing that's that's reasonably popular. Um, and it's also a thing that's like, well, you know, if you get tired of doing this, just stop, right? It's not like we made this the new game, you know. It's just, it's just this is a thing you can do. You get your shiny thing, and then you can just be done. Um, yeah. Blister Guy says, Am I correct in thinking that if I make the leaderboard for Bees Hate You at the end of the season that I won't be able to make a challenge mode leaderboard ever again? It is entirely possible that I misunderstood what was spoken of in last Thursday's show. Yeah, yeah, that's not what I meant at all. What I mean is, on a given challenge leaderboard, a given person will only appear once. Even if they... Like, because right now, if, if one person had the ten fastest softcore disco bandit runs or whatever, the leaderboard would just be them ten times. And for this, I think that's kind of boring. So these leaderboards are just measuring everybody's best runs against one another as opposed to measuring every run against every run. That makes sense. Prehensile DNA says, Jicky <laughs> Skull at all. Uh, do you guys ever worry that some of the jokes in the game will eventually become dated <laughs> after implement implementation? I just encountered the Dvorak's Revenge Adventure in the Hidden Temple from the 07 rollout of NS13, which references a song released in 05, and I realized I felt old for wondering if newer players from a younger generation would be able to solve the puzzle without looking up the answer. So in that case, you know, partially we learned our lesson from the complaints about the NG thing in the Sorceress Tower. Oh, right. Right, um, we that that puzzle was designed so that you could solve it either by looking at the possible set of words that could be made out of those rows, and with a little bit of trial and error, or just with a bunch of trial and error. Right, I mean, it would suck to do it entirely by trial and error, but also, once you've got the first, like the more letters you get, the fewer solutions there could possibly be to it. So yeah. it. 
there wouldn't be anything wrong with it if it was just a puzzle where there were a certain number of seven-letter words. Yeah, is it seven? I had to count. I had to sing the sure. song in my head to count it. Also, I am astonished that that song is only six years old. If you had asked me when Hollaback Girl came out, I probably would have said, like, 99. I would have thought that was when we were in college, yeah. Um, yeah, which, I, you know... I, I was know, in college, guy... but it was my second trip through. Yeah, I was also, I was also in college. Huh, 2004. Yeah, huh. that, that puzzle does bother me a little bit. Does it? Because there's nothing, like, if there were another clue at all than the latin version of the lyrics <laughs> right something that was that referenced a banana in some other way and then had the reference in there too i would be a little more cool with it huh that said i don't think we should ever change the konami code because you know either you either have to know that code or find out about it through us and if we make you find out about it then we've accomplished something in the world and then you know about it but i mean you don't feel that the same thing is true of hollaback girl Hollaback. i don't think so if it was hollaback girl sure hollaback girl hmm. it's just a woman with a bunch of uh a bunch of uh i don't know meat from street vendors in boston or new york <laughs> right. stuck to her back i still don't know what halal food is it's the muslim version of kosher Oh, okay. Like, slaughtered in such a way that God is okay with. Like, hot dogs and shit? I don't believe that. There has to be some kind of, like, there's something about what you do with the blood and how it's drained and something. I don't know. I'm not a Muslim. Regardless of what you may have heard, I'm not a Muslim. (sighs) I don't, you know, it is hard for me to believe that anyone could believe in anything enough to actually be willing as the guy on the street with a hot dog cart to verify that. Mm-hmm. Well, you tr- you trust the the group of people who put that seal on things, right? The group sure. of rabbis that go around looking at everything and giving their approval? Or the group of imams who do it for the Muslim people? Or iman who does it. Right. Uh, I don't know anything about iman, so... <laughs> she's, she's David Bowie's wife, or was... I, I, yeah, I know that, but I, the, was she the a thin model? white duke. Wait, is it a woman? Yeah. It's definitely a woman? Iman is a woman. Have e- you seen her lack of dick? <laughs> Excuse me, a woman is a man. Actually, down from the waist down, she's a goat. <laughs> I assume that all women from the waist down are goats, unless they can prove otherwise. <laughs> is that because you learn to have sex uh, on a goat farm? <laughs> well, half of a goat farm. <laughs> I learned to have sex in an abattoir. Oh, okay. Wow, very that's... familiar with the bottom halves of goats. Cool, because that, that they, they just throw away the bottom half. <laughs> yeah, they, one uh, man, one man's trash is another man's date. <laughs> There's a your mom joke in there that yeah, we'll leave it. Uh let's Wait, see. In Googling no, so, pictures so of here's here's a larger question. I mean, comes up. what do we think about? Uh, what do we think about dated references in the game? I mean, now that now that we have a, a sort of a cultural artifact that we're responsible for the maintenance of that is going on like nine years old or whatever, think, how do we feel about stuff like that? I mean, like it, most of our shit was dated to begin with, right? And I mean, it, I feel like it's the kind of it is 
to say that something is dated is a critique that I don't know that I believe is applicable to a piece of culture like KOL. Like, uh, you know, it, does The Simpsons suffer from being dated? Does Family Guy suffer from being dated? Or is the fact that it's going to become dated just part and parcel of the nature of it? Right. I mean, it's it is it is a sort of a culturally ephemeral thing. Right. It's not like, oh, look at this great film that we've made for the ages. Yeah. I think it's, it's more like, of a. Uh, oh, by the way, enjoy this Pepsi product placement. But like, I think we're trying to. Like a lot of the even the memes and the web culture that we were making references to was dated by the time we put it in. So yeah. it's it's very much less an attempt to stay current and more an attempt to catalog things that people like us are into. And but I, in the past. I feel, and I don't know if you approach this the same way that I do, but I tend to resist putting things... I resist uh, making references that are too recent to internet stuff because I'm kind of waiting to see what's going to stick. Sure. Right? Like, when Lolcats was introduced... I mean, you know, we we didn't put in a privilege denying guy joke because uh, that probably doesn't that maybe it doesn't stick around. Probably it doesn't stick around. I mean, you know, where's that chocolate rain guy? Nobody talks about chocolate rain anymore. You know, I was going to mention chocolate rain as that's a reference that is now in the game just solely as something that people might vaguely remember from way back. Like we're not no, going to so, put a, a Friday reference. Yeah, I. I have managed to avoid that and everything about it. Um, I've never, I've never seen the video, and I've never watched any of the parodies. I watched the video, but it, it was so pointless to watch a parody of it because it's, it's not. It, how can you parody something that is that bad? It's kind of the, I don't know. Like it wouldn't take any effort at all to write a different set of lyrics to that song. And it wouldn't I, take I, any effort at all to sing it and make a video that looks as cheap as that video looks. So, it, yeah, I didn't see the point. I saw this article, and I don't remember where this was, but it was it was a comparison of the of the Insane Clown Posse Miracles video and the Saturday Night Live parody of it. Uh -oh. And and I was like, you know, actually, it might not have been Saturday Night Live. It might have been Lonely Island or whatever. But it just it didn't add anything, you know. Like that, and, and, and you know, here, here I go saying, like, ah, that shouldn't have existed. I, I don't think it shouldn't have existed, but I think that it wasn't very good. Uh -huh. Because that was not a thing. That was a thing that you could talk about, but once you went on, once you went past that into full-on parody of it, it was like, eh, no, come on. I mean, it's just like, that's like, it's like, you know, eating a baby, right? Like, go after something that can defend itself. It's too, So you're saying it's too easy? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. That, like, something that is so obviously kind of lame on its face and is, is you know, something that that's, brought, that's that brought a target, you can't have any satisfaction for hitting it. You're like, you know, what Weird Al does, I like, because he will pull together his musicians and kind of replicate the sound of the songs that he's doing, and then he'll, like, the lyrics aren't usually making fun of the song that he's parodying it's just wouldn't it be funny if this song was about lasagna fat? or whatever yeah. yeah which and that's the thing though when when weird al does do that i like it a lot less like uh smells like nirvana uh -huh. right it's like well 
it's not like it's a bad song, but it's just it feels like it was coming from a different place than I don't know, eat it. Right. Right. And and it's like a place that if that was the only place that he ever came from, I would probably like him less. I think it's kind of the like say a song like White and Nerdy is the point of that song is wouldn't it sound kind of ridiculous if a nerd who was just as good at rapping as a rapper was rapping about the things that nerds like instead sure. of like and, and isn't so you, that you dr- isn't the song that that's based on fucking retarded is not his message right yeah it's you're drawing on it's like hey you know, what would it be like if we took a different take on this this work of art that uh, you know in order to maybe like you you make fun of it but you make fun of it by like oh you see what i did there right as opposed to like you can't understand what i'm saying yeah you know uh which you know like trapped in the drive through i heard that song uh without <laughs> ever having watched trapped in the closet i did not realize that it was a parody of a specific thing <laughs> um you know but it's just like goes on and on and on and you know slant rhymes and stuff and it's like all right well that pretty that was almost another thing though that if i had heard the original first and then found out that weird al did a version of it i would have liked it less i think because it's like you know trapped in the closet does not need to be parodied because it's a, right it's that it other, is, it is a, a kind of self-parodying of thing which is weird, you know, like that whole thing was it, it I kind of feel the way that you feel about Wesley Willis, which is like, oh, God, let's this is great because this guy's retarded and we, we can <laughs> listen to it and make fun of him for being retarded, you know, like. Well, the weird it, thing is, so he made a couple of chapters of it in dead earnestness, I feel, and then saw that he was getting a lot of press because people thought it was funny. So he started trying to be funny. Yeah, and it got it? terrible when he did, you know? Yeah. Like, so what do you do with that, too? That's like, no, 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 go back to being really serious about this because it was hilarious. I mean, I think it was a neat... Pro- what my, my theory on this is that there were some people involved in the making of that that understood that it was going to be... that they could make it funny, you know? Uh-huh. That it was like, all right, so this is either going to be really bad... Or we can make some subtle tweaks. We can make some suggestions. We can do some things visually that will turn that will make it funny. That will make it look like this is a deliberately funny thing. And he didn't necessarily know about that until right. a ways in. Uh, but I, you know, I don't know. It'd, it'd be interesting to be a, f- a fly on the wall of that entire process of getting that thing made. That when I watched the first couple of videos, which was all I ever bothered, though. It didn't seem that distinctive from any other R&B song and video I'd ever heard. It didn't seem like it was more or less ridiculous than the shit that was on the radio. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm kind of tone deaf in that spectrum anyway. Is it rhyming Beretta with Dresser, which he does really <laughs> early? Uh, I, something else uh, that I was going to talk about uh, came up in the middle of that, and I don't remember what it was. Uh, you could think uh, on it while we take a little break. Sure thing. All right, we'll see you in about... And we're back. Hey, how was your break? I was fetched another beer by one of our lovely guests. Sweet. That was fantastic. What kind of beer is it? It is a leftover Pacifico from our Cinco de Mayo party. Mm. So it's old, and it was skunky to begin with. Old shitty beer. That's what I got. You got any limes? Yes. 
I do, but I don't have one in the beer. You got any nails? <laughs> I had a before that. I had a Negro Modelo, which I still don't understand how that can be a thing that's in Spanish. Yeah. Because it's what do you mean? It's Negra Modelo. Well, maybe it's like a Negra Moto. You know, like La Moto oh. is La Moto because it's short for motocicleta. So it's uh, obviously short for modelo cicleta. Modelo cicleta. But then why is the adjective before the noun? Uh, I don't know. I don't get it, man. It makes me uncomfortable. But I drink it anyway. It's, a, it's kind of a delicious beer. Uh, speaking of uh, black models, did you find anything about Iman? I wasn't really looking for things about Iman. I found okay. lots of pictures of Michelle Obama looking for pictures of Iman. That's weird. Uh, hey, did you see there's that new movie with that uh, hideous, ugly Zoe Saldana in it as the lead character in like a in like a La Femme Nikita kind of role? It, does she play a giraffe who's escaped from a zoo and is raised by a, a team of assassins to become a deadly giraffe assassin with no tits? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to have to see that. Yeah. There is something seriously wrong with you, Mr. Skullhead. <laughs> okay. I just like pretty girls. Mm -hmm. I agree that that's a shortcoming. I think you hate black people. I think that's your problem. I think you cannot find her attractive because she's black. I find plenty of black people attractive. But they're all dudes. Some of my best friends are attractive black people. <laughs> some of my best friends are black people that I'm attracted to. Yeah. Uh, Can I get some help? Blaise <laughs> says, Can your choice of gear and consumably be represented in your Ascension record? It's silly that the hardcore equipment reward does nothing for hardcore, albeit making it half like BM. What do you think about the idea of being able to convert stainless steel, plexi, and brimstone to karma, no matter how much karma? Personally, I don't feel like I'm missing out because of it, and I still plan to collect my plexi, but as game design, it's just kind of silly. Also, I think everybody complaining about hardcore losing something can go whine a clock. Uh, why no extra karma for Bad Moon? I can understand B's karma. I want to encourage the challenge of whatever time interval, so maybe not 100, but BM doesn't get anything? thought you said you wanted to encourage BM. Usually when I want to encourage BM, I, uh, I either smoke a cigar, or I drink a lot of coffee, or in uh, uh, some cases you can just uh, drink uh, uh, a fleet enema. Yeah. Drink it? Okay. They come in drinkable form. It says enema right on it. It's weird. And then it says drink this? Mm-hmm. Well, it actually says squirt this into some Gatorade and drink <laughs> it. Uh, no, I'm sorry, by Gatorade we mean your ass. And we were <laughs> kidding about the drinking part. Maybe it doesn't say enema on it. I don't know. Maybe it just said fleet. I sometimes confuse fleet and enema. Like, uh, Helen of Troy launched an enema of ships, right? An entire enema, yes. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the, so there's a lot of questions here. Can your choice of gear and consumable be represented in your Ascension record? Uh, not, not readily. Um, you know, there's a bunch of things that I'm sure people would like for us to keep in that table that we don't, like what skill you permed and stuff, but it's always weird to me, like, creating these situations where the data exists after a certain point, but not before we started tracking it, which is just a kind of weird legacy stuff. Um... <clears throat> I don't know why you say that it's silly that the hardcore equipment reward does nothing for hardcore because it's, you know, you, you're not bothered by the fact that we made it so the consumable reward doesn't do anything for hardcore, right? And I don't know why. I don't know why nobody's complaining about that because it's the exact goddamn thing. It's just that people don't have their panties all in a twist about it. And I, you know, 
I understand that a perceptual problem is still a problem, right? The problem is is not from our perspective necessarily how do we fix this, it's how do we make this so that it doesn't upset people. Um, and one of it is, well, time, you know, that's, that's always a solution. Eventually all the people who are upset by this will be dead, as will we all, and then it won't be a problem anymore. Eventually the entire universe is going to implode. Um, so... You know, we had said that we were going to make the gear after core only, and then we didn't, and somehow that pisses people off more than if we had. Uh, well, which, okay, sure, I can understand that. We said we were going to do something, and then we didn't, and then that pissed people off, right? So that's that's a thing. That's that's a fair enough complaint, all right? That said, it, we have to be able to talk about shit and then change our mind about it, or else we can just never talk about anything, right? Right, uh, which I don't think anybody wants. People love this. People love this slice of life where, you know, they find out what my hopes and dreams for the game are and that you don't find attractive women attractive. Yeah. Um, the... I, I don't know. I don't... Like, I think that the people who are whining about that are really just whining. I, I think that they are a, a, a tiny vocal minority, and that's, that's one of those threads that's like half people bitching and then half people saying, but wh what? That... What? Like, we we replace something with something else, and then people say, well, you took away the first thing. And it's like, yes, yes, we did, because that's what replacing is. That's where you take away something, and you put something else there instead, right? Um, I don't think that there's anything that we can do to make the people who really liked using their stainless items for the second half of their hardcore runs happy and still have the situation that we have now where, like, I think they're also bothered by the fact that they think that, all right, well, you just took this away from us to make those whining speed ascender assholes happy. And it's like, well, in this, as in all things, I only do things to make whining speed ascender assholes happy if I think that it is better for the game overall, right? And I think what we have done by, by eliminating the lead-in thing is we have given people this replacement gear, which for most people is way more fun to play with than the stainless was, right? The stainless is still there. You get a part of an outfit for doing that run. Like, there's still every reason that there was before to do that first loop. You just don't get the exact same thing going into the next hardcore run that you used to, and it's because you get something different. And people aren't, people aren't arguing against it as though it was a change. People are arguing against it as though it was just, like, we took something, and I don't, I don't understand that perception. And so I don't know how to address that perception. Sure. Um, there were a lot of people, and by a lot of people I mean one, and it was Eleron, uh, pushing to make Bad Moon a path, uh, which I have to admit makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, because, you know, you can't do Bad Moon teeth runs, that kind of thing. Um, but I think that if we did make Bad Moon a path, it would be a path that would be the same as the other paths, the other challenge paths that expire, which you haven't seen any of those yet, but they will no longer have karma bonuses. And I don't think that, I mean, Bad Moon is, you know, it, it was an attempt to serve a purpose. It did not serve that purpose particularly well, uh, but it was instructive to me. You know, it was like, well, okay. When people say they want this, uh, they actually want this. <laughs> um, 
there were certain things about that particular flavor of level playing field that made it dissatisfying in a way that the rest of the game was not dissatisfying. Um, and, and I think that we can address those in future challenge paths. It's weird that Bad Moon is still there as this legacy thing. I mean, I don't really care about it anymore, but there are people who like it. There are people who, you know, that the whole kitty core thing is like a rite of passage for people. And that's great. It's great that that's still there, but it does not need to be a thing that we incentivize any further. I think. Uh, Siege72 says, Would it be possible for karma to be displayed during an ascension? A reminder that your 10 karma short will be incentive to complete the Nemesis quest before ascending, or a reminder to discard an instant karma that's laying around. Yeah, I can see why you want that. Um, I... That seems like the kind of thing that Mafia was made for. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's also would not be out of place in like your accomplishments thing in your quest log, right? Because that's just a bunch of lines of text with numbers. What's one more? You know? Um, that said, the, having it tell you how many you've discarded, I mean, I get that the people who care about this know what discarding instant karma does, and so it's not spoiling it for them, but I like the idea of the guy who does that and clicks that link without knowing what it's going to do, because there's then the joke is preserved, right? Right. It's like, you know, this is what you get for doing this thing where you perform, uh, you know, the the only thing that you can do that is equivalent to a selfless act, which is just to destroy something that would otherwise benefit you, right? Because it was there. So I don't know about that, but yeah, enough people have asked for that karma readout that I think that could stand to, that could stand so. to exist. Okay. Lord Koble says, did I see something somewhere that Bad Moon was considered easier than normal zero skill hardcore and that this was the reason? I think it's easier than zero skill hardcore because there are all those extra sort of benefits that you get, which are, you know, they're framed as like, oh, we take something away and we give something, but the stuff that we give is always better than the stuff that we take away, right? I mean, the full set of those seven skills that you get is a net, a net benefit to everything. That wasn't us disconnecting or something, was it? No, I have no idea what it was, was though. It sounded like a, uh, an AOL instant message coming in now that I think about it. Now that I take a moment to parse that sound. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Melfin the Third says, The Crimbo Tree is one of the only, the only items that doesn't reset on Ascension. Thoughts? Well, I mean, Hopopolis doesn't reset on Ascension. You know? It's... Although it is per player. The Crimbo Tree is per player, which is a little weird. Eh, I don't know. The, the people complaining about that probably have a point. Sigh. I hate it when people, like say Mr. Crack have a point yep uh, Kuno says are we going to be able to drink green beer on a bee run I know it's not up for a while but that is probably what I will be doing the next St. Sneaky Pete's Day uh, no I'm not going to I'm not going to put an exception in for that you know so it's one of those things where it's like you can plan for it be fine um, actually somebody else asks uh, later in here about the tattoo as far as I as far as I am concerned and I don't think that we have any plans to change this. That tattoo is something that you will always be able to get from now on. So you don't have to worry about missing the early stages of it, right? We're not just going to pull the plug and the people who have it lopsided halfway through are stuck with that form. That is not my plan. Uh, also, they call me sexy. That's not my name. I've been hearing that song everywhere all of a sudden. I don't think I know what song that is. I don't know. They call me X. They call me some... 
interesting. They call me Ah. They call me Baba. That's not my name. It's, it's like a woman singing, and it's I don't know, man. <laughs> it's like uh, I, somebody told me the name of the person, and it's the thing that isn't a name. It's like, oh, that's the new song by PP. Only it's not new; it's like old. Of course, I don't even know how old anything is anymore. Oh. I thought I thought Hollaback Girl came out in '99. For Christ's sake, how much touch have I lost? You're from the. I think you're just from the future. You think? Yeah. The future of the past. The past of the future. Uh, Cuddle Hut says, so I recall some comments from long ago, Jick complaining about people complaining about the number of quest items. The gist of it was, as I recall, that quest as a name was never really satisfying to Jick, who'd prefer something like Lifetime or similar. So considering the new Valhalla items, etc., my question is, are we moving towards a situation where the distinction between quest items and normal items no longer makes sense to the extent that it ever has? I.e., why not reverse it and make normal items disappear after ascension and only special items persist? Uh, for starters, make everything from NPC stores and everything derived solely from that into quest items, while only found items and essential rewards persist across lives. That would be fucking terrible. That is the <laughs> worst idea I have ever heard, Cuddle Hut. I'm sorry. It's probably not the worst idea that I've ever heard. But that would that would disincentivize Ascension so much that no one would ever want to do it. Yeah. Like I you know, I, I wish and and here's here's my problem, right? I, for whatever reason, feel the need to hide the concept of ascension from people who haven't done it yet <laughs> and maybe that's a terrible idea you know maybe we need to present the game from the beginning as you know a thing where it's like up oh, you know on this lifetime you'll do this and this and this but don't worry you'll get another chance i mean we tell people that in the tutorial now that like don't sweat your choice of wait do we i hope so i remember sure. writing a sentence that was like don't sweat your choice of class too much you'll have a chance to change it <laughs> But maybe that never happened. Maybe that was like some revamp of the character. Cre Every time I try to revamp the character creation page, I'm like, this is too simple to revamp. There's too little going on on this page. There are too few kids in this tub. One of these days, I think we're going to have to follow the advice that is probably pretty sound advice to follow, which is the like making somebody fill out a form and do an email validation before they get to see that our game is cool is just has over the lifetime of the game cost us tens of thousands of players. I think so. Well, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Because, I mean, I will sign up for an account to try out a game, right? I will always I will always jump through that particular hoop. Um, if it turns out to be... If there are any problems with that process, then I leave and never come back. <laughs> but I don't know. You know, like, I remember being really frustrated with Forum Wars because you create a character by playing the game for a while, sort of, you know? And to me, that made it impossible to tell what the fuck was going on. I'm like, what What happened here? Was I supposed to do something? Because it seems like I should have had to do something to be in here, right? Um, and I don't know. Maybe that's not the case anymore. I've seen it handled really gracefully in places. I don't remember where exactly. <laughs> um, you know... But then I would think, like, well, okay, so let's say we replace the character creation with a thing that's like playing a game of KOL, you know? <laughs> uh, where you're making some choices about stuff and fighting some funny monsters, and it's like hitting it, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to cast a spell on this thing, or do you want to hit it with a stick? You know, and we put some content in there, and we have some jokes. And it's like, well, all right, looks like you probably ought to be a seal clubber. Is that what you are? And then you can change it. But, I, you know, then that seems lame. It seems like the kind of thing that we would talk about 
and come up with a plan for which would steadily get more and more complicated until it never happened. Yeah. Because we would want to do it right, because this is the first thing that people are going to see, and this could make or break their experience. Uh, yeah, I, I would picture a couple of months of that being all we talk about on the conference call until we stop talking about it. Yep. Ah, oh, boy. Um, let's see. Demick says, I was pondering that there might be a distinction between quest items and non-pullable items that could apply to astral gear, etc. Yeah, we were worried that people were really going to want to uh, collect the astral items and would, would reject the mechanism by which we limited them to one per uh, lifetime. And, you know, I'm sure that people complain about that, but and they will continue to complain, but whatever. Stetherell says, I'm loving the challenge mode so far, but I must admit that my recent dreams have involved avoiding things with the letter B in their names. What inspired this challenge mode, and who had the initial idea for it? Uh, also, are you still planning to change the stats on the old Ascension rewards? Second question first, I don't know. Um, I, you know, I don't know. We, we, like, we kept thinking, all right, we got to do that, and then we thought, well, why? We were like, do people actually pull these? And then we looked, and like, yes, a lot of people do. We're like, well, so... I don't know that we're making things better for anybody by increasing the power on these, and we are making things worse for a group of people that we can look at right now. So let's skip it and reevaluate it at a later time, which probably means never, but who knows. I think the first time that Bees Hate You was a thing, like Riff said something, like that. this is just an idea for a run where Bees Hate You. And you're constantly yeah. getting attacked by bees. I don't know. Is it is it an Invader Zim reference? I don't know. Why would it be a what what? Explain a way in which it might be, and I'll tell you if I think that sounds right. I believe that bees hate you is a thing that was said on an episode of Invader Zim. Oh, okay. <laughs> I really want to like Invader Zim, and I keep trying to watch it, and because uh, I think somebody got me, somebody got me the first season or something. And I keep watching the first episode, and then like, ah, oh, well, yep. It's pretty funny, but the uh, some of the voice work makes it hard to keep watching it. Oh yeah, I found. Like one of the guys has the really kind of manic, squeaky voice that all over everything. There's no uh, problem. let's see. Unnamed Hobo says, How much of bees hate you did you guys know you were going to have to change before testing began and you realized just how many things had bees in them? Think of it as a test of your own memory of the game, I say. Uh, well, I mean, we had this conversation where it's like, all right, let's make it so you can't use items with a bee in them. Let's then read the wiki to see what, like, let's read the walkthroughs of all of the quests to see what things you have to use. Uh, I don't know if we actually did that or not. I think C.D. Moyer might have just coded exceptions for the things that you actually had to use. You know, we started, like... I spindled a couple items that were large and small chests from the from the um, uh, uh, Dungeons of Doom um, so that you'd be able to use those since you wouldn't be able to use large and small boxes. But then we didn't end up doing that. We ended up replacing the gates, which that was kind of an experiment. Like, in a way, this is like, well, what does it do to the game if we were to get rid of the gates and the tower monsters? 
right? right? Like, how much flexibility do we have to revamp the Naughty Sorceress quest? If we got rid of those, does it suddenly cut a day off of the speediest people's runs? Because I can certainly imagine it making runs a lot more tolerable for somebody who was trying to just fumble their way through it and figure everything out on their own, that the tower monsters and the gates could add weeks to the amount of time that it took you to figure out how to do that shit. Yeah. Right? Because those are just these weird, like, sort of item puzzles. And I and I, I get that at least... The gates don't even actually spoil themselves now, do they? Or do they? They do. They do? You, you wrote jokes for that? What the... But so... There are invisiclues on the tower monsters. There. there are, yeah. But the gates is what I'm wondering about. The gates, yes. Okay. They do, but I, I didn't write it. Somebody else did. Oh, huh. So, in a way, Bees Hate You is an experiment in what happens if we just remove the tower monsters and remove the gates, right? What does that actually do to runs? Because is that such a fundamental change that we can't do it? Because I hope not, because I would kind of like to set that shit on fire and right. replace it with something cool, right? That, that whole thing served its purpose, right? It was, it was the end game long ago uh, during a time when the game was a lot simpler. There were a lot fewer possibilities you know, I mean, we almost came up with a tower monster for every combat item, right? Yeah. And that's just no longer the case. Um, so, yeah, uh, we ended up not using those those uh, box replacements. Um, we went back and forth on how to deal with the Blackbird a lot of the time. I almost, uh, and I was, I was kind of pushing for just changing the way that part of the quest worked. Uh, because that's a thing that... You know, I thought it would be neat if you had a familiar that you had to get rid of, but it just really bothers people yeah. in a lot of ways. And it could just be an item, you know? Like, it could, like, I could, we could change whatever we want, man. I don't give a fuck. Uh, but people, enough people were like, no, I like it. Come on, come on, we like that. We like it. Come on, we like it. We like it. Like, fine, oh fine. Just make something that doesn't have any fucking bees in it. Jesus. <laughs> Um, uh, let's see Psyche says hello sirs ever since the skeleton battle started I've had the impression that the currently logged in number on the front page has been higher than usual I thought the people were just logged in more frequently or for longer during the event but higher numbers seem to have persisted is that true has there been a real spike in new accounts lately not a spike in new accounts I feel like there's been a lot of people coming back a lot of old schoolies come back when there's a big change Yeah, like this one I think a lot more people are getting into ascending I, uh, I like that graph that was posted from KOLDB. I'd be interested to see it again in a month. Uh, P.S. Mr. Skelet, I hope you didn't get tornadoed on yesterday. Only slightly. Well, you did, but it was just you got tornadoed on, which is that, uh, that deviant sex act that you prefer. Yeah, let me run to Urban Dictionary and add tornadoed on. Actually, I am somewhat, something of a tornado don now. Mm-hmm. People come to my house to use my power and uh, food cooking abilities. On this, the day of your daughter's wedding. Exactly. Hey, Jacob Skelly says, Casey Wiederman, I really like the way the trap store quest ends. It's funny that the climax is, and then some stuff happened. Yeah. If you say so. I just don't like the way the trap store quest begins. I don't like the fact that he's the lead trap czar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, speaking of things that are dated... We were so excited when we discovered Elite Speak and were convinced it was hilarious and clever. I, 
you know, it's less it, it's less it being dated. I mean, I think we've had this exact conversation on the radio before, but to me, it's less being dated than it's like that was a throwaway joke before the valley existed, uh, and now it's like, wait, is that guy from the valley? What is what? He also should probably have art that is a guy instead of uh, <laughs> just the hermit. <laughs> uh, I like to think there's just one guy running around on the peak there. Being all those dudes? Being all those dudes. Different mountains. Space yeah. Piranha says, Hi, guys. Happy post-apocalypse. What do you think of adding a small notifier in the chat pane that lets you know what kind of ascension other chatters are in? A little H next to the names of hardcore players would be really helpful for knowing who I can send buffs and prizes to without having to wrap them at, at the gift shop first. I can see why you want that, but I don't think that I want to put a bunch of H's in the chat all the time. Hmm. So we need one for in Ronin, and then there'd just be a bunch of people saying, what does that mean? And then a bunch of people explaining what that means, like, all the time. When I used to talk in open chat, mostly what people talked about was, why is your name in purple? Yeah. That was, almost every conversation was about that. I still get that. I forget. Nobody talks about it anymore, and I don't even remember that it's in purple. Because that's what everybody, everybody's chat looks like that now, because you can put your, you can have yourself show up in another color. Yep. See, I just did it so that I would know which things were worth reading early on. Because, like, only the things that I typed were worth reading. So, really, you just needed the solipsis channel. Yeah. Well, no, I like, I like feeling like there are other people listening to me, right? So I like to know that there are other people in the chat, which I see by having their shits roll by that I never read. Uh, Bax's Land says, we asked Thursday show. Never mind about that then. Yeah, sorry about that. The... The Radio KOL people got mad at me when I put the shows up before they were broadcast, and so I was like, ugh, fine, I won't do that anymore. And now it's like every goddamn thing where it, I get these, I get the, I do this, we do the shows, I edit them, and then I have them sitting there, and then I just have to wait until some specified time that is just later enough that I will constantly fucking forget about it. <laughs> um... You know, I just ought to set alarms, right? But then the problem with setting alarms is, like, I set these alarms for, like, remembering to take the trash out and take the recycling out at my house. You'd think you'd think that a thing that a grown-ass man is supposed to do every goddamn week on the same day is a thing that I would manage to do once. But nope, I don't. The trash gets taken out when somebody else remembers to take the trash out. The recycling gets taken out when somebody else remembers to take the recycling out. And during the times when I've lived by myself, it's just like, oh, I guess I'm, I guess I'm gonna have to keep ordering new trash cans from the city because all mine are full. Uh, and when I do have the alarm set, when I had the alarm set, it was like, all right, the alarm would go off, and it's like, uh, well, I'm not at my house, so I guess I'll, you know, I'll, I'll remember to do that when I get home. But then I have the same problem. If I was gonna remember to do it after an alarm and an hour, I would remember to do it in the first place. Yeah. Why Why are the mundane details of everyday life so difficult for me to get a handle on, Mr. Skullhead? Because you are breathing the rarefied air of, um, of your accelerated mental state. Am I? You don't have common sense, you have uncommon sense. Oh, cool. Which means I don't have common sense, I just got a bunch of fancy book learning. Yeah, which means you're like functionally useless, but really interesting. Cool. That is the best I could hope for. That is the, that is seriously the greatest compliment. Yeah, I'm saying. Every once in a while I fix something with a screwdriver, and then it's like, hey, I got this real world shit figured out. But then every once in a while a screwdriver just like breaks off in the electrical outlet I'm trying to fix. You're like, why did I have it stuck in there? 
Yeah, and that was my joke. Yes. Gotcha. I never actually try to fix an outlet. Uh, also, you joked about always wanting to upload shows on Monday when I ask about it, but I also noticed that the two times I've asked, they've been on time. Would reminders of this sort be useful, or would I just start to annoy you really, really fast? Also, Velocirapture. Uh, you know, it does get annoying, although it's more annoying when a naked Jew does it for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, or Rage Neely says, uh, wait, no, never mind. He was talking about something else. Uh, WVO Quine says, what is the appropriate interval of time that must pass before we can freely talk about the spoilersy parts of the bees hate you run narrative on the forums? I, he said, it's kind of neat that people have been really good about avoiding spoilers about this. And it's not even riffs threat to kick people in the balls. That's keeping people from spoiling seeing as the Thursday show didn't get uploaded for a while. What do you think people are, or why do you think people are being so well-behaved and mum in this case? I don't know. Maybe it's because it's not interesting. They don't care about it enough to share. Uh-huh. Take that riff who isn't listening. Uh-huh. It's like making fun of the Amish. And Riff's all, screw you! Uh, number two, I really like that some of the Astral items are unlockable because it gives some interesting medium-term goals, but I'm a little sad that as an older player, I've already unlocked them all, except the ones based on damage and pickpocket counts, but I'll have those in no time. How about an Astral item that somebody like me will need to work toward? An item that is unlocked by doing a run with every other Astral item would be neat. Huh. We should throw that in. That's, that's, kinda, not a, that's, that's actually cool. not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, we'd, have, we'd have to start tracking some stuff that we're not currently tracking, but yeah, that is a fantastic idea for a thing that would work in exactly that way, because it's like, oh, you have to do like a dozen ascensions, or what are there, 15 of those? There's 15 of those, right? Yep. Huh. That's clever. Clever. And I think it would not do anything very cool. And there would just be another thing, there would be a trophy that you only got for doing an ascension with it. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, yeah, you know, that was an issue that we had, right? Like, it, because it was like, well, so this needs to be something that somebody starting from scratch can do, and it is hard to make it an interesting challenge for somebody with 60 perm skills and an accomplishable challenge for somebody with zero perm skills, right? Um, and, you know, we landed on just like, all right, well, the ones that we're going to start tracking stuff for, we'll just do it then. Although I have to imagine that a lot of existing players probably didn't have 500% familiar runs, Right, because that's not a thing that everybody's into. Um, I can imagine there being a lot of people with, you know, 15 or 20 ascensions that have not yet done one of each class, right? Sure. I don't know what the, like, best priority list of uh, skills to perm looks like, but it's it's possible that it goes a long way down before all six classes are represented. Uh, number three. If you'd like to give small dollops of karma out for completing side quests but don't want people to just run scripts after freeing the king, make it so you can only get the karma in run or under ronin restrictions or before hitting a certain level or something like that. That's how the naughty sorceress works. She only drops instant karma if you beat her before level 14. By the way, everybody already runs a script to beat that damn lava maze to get the nemesis instant karma. Sure, that's fine. But the problem with that is that it kind of doesn't make any sense. What I don't want is for somebody to... The first time they, like, help Harold the halfling or whatever, which is funny because that's unreleased content. Why do I spoil that? That was a thing that we were talking about uh, uh, adding a single karma for. You, uh, that, the, the, the Harold thing already got pre-spoiled. Uh, let's say you get one karma for helping out a dude, and you do that in your first run, and you ascend, and you get the one extra karma. And then the second time you ascend, you're like, oh, hey, I forgot. I should go back and help that guy, but you do it after you've freed the king and before you've ascended, and you don't get the karma 
and there's no good way to explain why that happened, right? It seems like a dick move to take it away from that kid. Less of a dick move than to just not give it to anybody. That, that I have the feeling that that is one of those things that people would see as a punishment instead of as a reward. True. And so I just elected not to do it. Sorry, Asuka says, how is Bees Hate You and the Valhalla Revap in general so fucking awesome? I don't know, buddy. We must have screwed something up. We must have screwed the, it up just right. All the usual suspects are loving it, and then there's a whole crop of new people complaining about a whole crop of new different things. Uh, I heard rumors of a new clan dungeon being worked on. Truth to the rumors? Yeah, it's not getting any fucking traction, though. It's just, it's... I started working on this while I was in New York, like two years ago. It's seems like it's like blood from a stone from all of us, and I don't know what the deal is. It goes in, in fits and starts, I think. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll write a whole bunch of stuff and see nobody else respond to it. And so I'll just kind of sit back and watch. And then maybe somebody else writes a whole bunch of stuff and I don't respond to it. And then you go, why isn't anybody working on this clan dungeon here, clan dungeon? And so yeah. I write some more stuff and then nobody responds to it. And then it also goes, hey, it also we should has have this work quite... completely differently than we've thought of before. So the shit that you've written doesn't have anything to do with well, how we want it to work. None of the stuff that's been written would become obsolete no matter what we did to it. It's just you know, there've been a lot of mechanical ideas floated around for it, and there are like we have yet to run into the one that I think is good enough. Hmm. Right? Because it's like I will come up with something that's like, oh, this is interesting. And then I think, well, you know what? This is interesting the first time and tedious from then on right like and and so i just i i i think that there is a i think that there is a there there i think that there's a, an it there i think it's it sure but what is it is the question uh all right here's snuff style 420 saying say seeky pasty is a furlong away but i'm wondering about the future and thought to ask will it be possible for those who missed the first tattoo piece to be able to finish the complete tattoo uh the recent awol tattoo also brought up recently a sense for which form to stop updating one's own tattoo ad in the event that not all forms can be achieved what wow that's a weird sentence um also obligatory trophy question lots of new content usually means lots of trophy speculation may i hazard a guess that there is one for taking all of the afterlife pets into ascensions uh well I, that's funny that you had written that before I made that joke about mm. that. Or was it? Uh, yeah, I think that we'll let people get the whole Snape, 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 Snape. Snape. Saint, Saint Snakey Pate. Saint Snape Taint. <laughs> right. um, oh, man. I was, I was thrilled to have the opportunity to talk to you about this. I read this study uh, that... that it was it was some sort of longitudinal study. Uh, I don't know if I'm using the right word there. I don't know if it was longitudinal or not. Uh, but basically, they were trying to figure out things like biological correlations uh, to differentiate people who were men who were fertile from men who were infertile, and taint size totally correlates. I have read like, that. I also distance read the, from scrotum to anus. Yeah, the anogenital distance, which yep. is totally going to be my live cover band. <laughs> he's going the anal genital distance yeah and not only is there is there like a threshold at which like yeah all right tiny taint probably uh probably infertile big taint probably fertile there's like a whole spectrum the bigger the taint the more the sperms the, the more bigger unstrung. the taint the more the nut yeah the bigger the taint the harder they nut right 
Yeah. Anyway, I thought about you when I read that. Anytime I think about the area between a, a scrotum and an anus, I think of you, Mr. Skullhead. That's touching. And, you know, anytime uh, we, we've just sort of got the sweet running joke that I'm sure you're thrilled with now, which is anytime somebody comes up with a joke that we think is too puerile to put in, somebody immediately suggests, oh, how about we call it the taint chart? Yeah. Anytime which... that I think about farting so hard you accidentally shit yourself, I think of you. Cool. When I think about you, I fart so hard I accidentally shit myself. <clears throat> I don't want anybody else. Good. Because I don't think anybody else would have you, buddy. <laughs> uh, first off, let me say, says Coril, that the Bees Hate You path is great. I'm enjoying it a lot. Second, I'm curious what's in the pipeline now. The new astral items are really cool. I'm wondering if you thought about adding even more esoteric astral item unlock requirements. Maybe add some astral items that are unlocked via clan dungeons or some that are unlocked via challenge runs. Uh, I don't know. I don't want that space to get too complicated. The WVO Quine's idea is really good, but all of your ideas suck. I don't, I don't actually think all of your ideas suck. They're all cool things. Um, yeah, it was surprisingly difficult for me to uh, come up with a bunch of unlock requirements for those things. It was like, I ended up just really like, wow, these were, these were pretty uncreative. Well, I think it's great that we finally have achievements, but they're inobtrusive. Yeah. You don't sit and, and like, in run, you don't see a little thing that says, well, actually you do, but not in a lame way. It doesn't be like, you know, Achievement Unlocked, you uh, you got this piece of astral gear done. It was like, uh, you know, I'm excited about the damage record thing. Like, that is a thing that I like seeing that stuff when I play games. Yeah, knowing that this is the best I've done at that. Yeah. That is cool. That's a little more than, you've adventured ten times. Congratulations. Yep. Yeah, I wasn't sure where I should put it. Because, I mean, do you, do you want people to start seeing that shit on their very first fight in every fight for their first <laughs> run? Like, yeah, I mean, that, that like might get a little bothersome. But, I don't know. Uh, c says, Complaining about what could have been a side, I'm loving everything about the revamp. When coming up with the specs for new equipment sets slash potentially updating older sets, what's the general thought process? Well, um, we have a tool on the back end that lets us filter and sort equipment by various things. Um and then it invariably lets us uh, work on stuff, forgetting that there's some Mr. Store item that doesn't use the standard enchantment code or whatever that uh, would have changed our thinking on it. So then sometimes we'll look at the wiki also. You know, the wiki was invaluable for, like, the uh, Valhalla event because it was like, all right, what's the most plus item drops somebody can reasonably get and what's the most that somebody can get if they are really going balls to the wall? And like, let's let's try and tune it, you know, tune the bonuses to like, you know, make it so a good amount of kills are within the reach of somebody who is willing to just sort of do their homework and figure out what to get that's that's readily available. And then let's, you know, make sure that this can handle the most that some crazy ass can throw at it. And I think that worked out pretty well. And like the way the wiki is organized is sort of perfect for that because it's like maximizing meat drops if you are on a budget, you know, maximizing meat drops, if you have access to a bunch of Mr. Store stuff, like that, the, their, their sort of gradations are like, it is it is a good way for us to get a, a handle on some general things. But in general, when we're making equipment and figuring out what it should do, we just compare it to all the other equipment in the game and think, well, you know, okay, so maybe we'll make this like best in slot for a level for this particular equip requirement or whatever, you know. It makes it a lot easier to try and imagine a niche for new things that we add instead of just like, ah, we're going to put this in, you know, 
With equipment, it's a lot easier to avoid the food problem where it's like, all right, we put in some new food that drops. Well, this is either the best thing ever or it's totally useless every time. And it's like I'm not complaining about the complaints about that because it's kind of true. It's like what is the point of this? What? Who would ever use this, right? Like maybe a person who this was the only food that dropped while they were in a hardcore run Hmm. and didn't have pasta masteries permed or whatever, right? You know, that said, there is a place for more food to exist for like, you know, the trophies for having eaten 400 different kinds of food or whatever, which spoiler alert does not exist. Uh, Nightwind 292 says, have you thought about paying somebody to do transcripts officially? I'm sure there are some who would accept payment and meet or Mr. A's. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be involved in those transcripts because they are often, I, this is not to, to belittle the effort that people put into and it is thankless work, and it is difficult work, and it is work that a, that a tremendous number of people appreciate. But if I were paying somebody to do a transcript, I would want to subject it to a level of quality in terms of uh, absence of ambiguity and in interpretations of things that I've said that I'm not comfortable enforcing. Um, I It causes problems, right? I figure... For every person who reads one of those transcripts and then posts in the forums a comment that indicates to me that they did not understand what I said based on the transcript being ambiguous, I feel like there are probably a bunch of people who have that wrong interpretation and then don't let us know that they have it. And so I don't like it when you know I make a dumb joke and then that becomes a thing that everybody freaks the fuck out about because they read the transcript like it wasn't sarcastic or whatever. And so those... Those, the, the whole thing is kind of a double-edged sword as far as I'm concerned. And so I don't really want to get involved in it. That's what I say. No, I agree that we couldn't pay someone to do the level of granularity that we would want to have done. But having somebody do it out of the goodness of their heart means that we don't have to bitch about quality control. Yeah. But I, you know, I understand why you preface that with so many disclaimers because it sounds like we're saying that they do a shitty job and they absolutely do not. Yep. No, I only I only use disclaimers when we really really need it. Cuz I mean, I love those guys, right? Like it it's it's cool that they care enough to do it. I, I because I so much uh like in even at this point so high a percentage of the media that I consume of the of the sort of information from other people that I consume is by listening to stuff now. I I don't get why somebody would want to read the transcript instead of listening to the show. Uh-huh. Makes me, that makes me a little sad, the idea that somebody's like, nope, I don't want to listen to the show. I'm like, well, but come on. We work really hard on this. We, we spend hours preparing our, our material. I spend minutes buying the beer and opening it. Yeah. Uh, one last question. Uh, because this is something that I want people to know. Uh, Deificus says, is there a reason we still need to hit a button to recall our skills in Aftercore? It made sense when you needed to learn the skill before you recalled it if you wanted to hardcore perm things, but that problem is now gone. It feels natural that they would come back on Prison Break. Uh, Yeah, we're going to do that. The only thing that we are not going to do is uh, that will not happen in Bad Moon uh, because recalling those skills also gets rid of the bad moon only advantages that you can have which is critical for bad moon to not become like the de facto thing that you have to do for farming uh in aftercore 
which fuck it might already be for all I know but but uh, if you're not doing a bad moon run pretty soon breaking the prism will automatically recall all of your softcore perms so that you can upgrade them the next time you go into Valhalla that's a thing that I had forgotten about or I would have done that before the revamp rolled out and it is definitely a thing that we're going to do so just uh, thank you DFGS good idea thanks for reminding me to tell people about that uh, I think that's that's it for me. I'm gonna go eat some sushi. Boy, that's it for all of us. I'm gonna come back Goodness. and edit some podcasts after that, man. All man, right. buddy, buddy, man. I will upload me some podcasts and we'll edit them. A groovy. Yeah. Good night, everybody.